Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The views and opinions expressed on the following program are those of the host and guests and do not necessarily represent those of any organization, including one generation away. No, it was free. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of enterprise, and freedom is special and rare. This is Liberty Nation with Mark Angelides, a production of LibertyNation.com, going after what the politicians really mean and making it all clear for your freedom and your liberty. Liberty Nation with Mark Angelides. The national pastime of watching politicians self-destruct their own careers may be coming to an end, not because our noble leaders are more moral or unsusceptible to foibles and corruptions, but rather due to a full frontal protection pattern in favor of the current White House occupant. Welcome back to Liberty Nation Radio here on the Radio America Network. I'm your host, Mark Angeles. And on today's edition, we have our special LN News panel to dissect whether the classified documents fiasco at the feet of the 46th president is likely to be an exclusionary factor in the 2024 elections. I want to take a moment to say a special thank you to our listeners out in Cadillac, Missouri on WATT, 1240 AM and 106.1 FM. Thank you for being here. Remember, this show is proudly sponsored by LibertyNation.com, where you can access podcasts, breaking news, analysis, and a range of biting and brilliant shows to whet your appetite for freedom and your fondness for the great American constitution. He's going to prison. That was the rallying cry of the left when former President Donald J. Trump was exposed as possessing classified documents. But for Joe Biden, well... According to the White House and the Department of Justice, it's a whole different ballgame. So apples and oranges, if you will. Uh, we're fortunate to be joined by our exclusive Liberty Nation panel with Mr. Tim Donner, Liberty Nation senior political analyst, Jeff Charles, host of Right On and author, and Scott D. Casenza, LN's legal affairs editor and host of the Excellent Uprising podcast. Gentlemen, thank you for joining the show. Uh, today, I really want to kick things off with Tim here talking about the classified documents debacle. And Tim, it seems to me that the a whole left-leaning world is determined to defend Joe Biden. Now, is this really in the interest of the American people? Because it, it seems to me that the coordinated effort is far more damaging to the public's trust in government institutions. What do you take making it? Well, I think the hardest thing for people to get their hands around is <clears throat> what constitutes a classified document, why it's classified, when it's classified, how it's declassified. Now that, you know, of course, the left wants to point out the differences between Trump because he tried to hold the documents after he was told they, he needed to give them up. So they try to point that. They try to point to the fact that, well, everybody knows that Trump is a creep and Biden's a good guy. So that's enough right there. The orange man but, bad defense. Yes, pretty much. Pretty much. But you know, the biggest difference is that a you know, president like Trump can declassify anything that he chooses to as president of the United States. The only question being how that's done, but apparently it's done simply by virtue of the fact that the president wants it to be done. So 
I think the, you know, the real effect is for the elite media, they've been caught in a real trap here because they really came down hard on Trump. And now Biden does the same thing, arguably worse, because it's in multiple locations instead of just the one being Mar-a-Lago. But they're going to be hard pressed. And you could see it on Merrick Garland's face when he announced a special prosecutor, special counsel uh, for the Biden classified documents. He looked like a man who'd been cornered and said, God, I have no other choice but to appoint a special counsel to investigate my president. So it's a it's tough, but the elite media has long figured out how to take similar situations from two different from a conservative and a, a left winger and make one seem far worse than the other. That's really their business, isn't it? Yeah, we are going to talk about uh, the media later on in the show. But Scott, uh, I want to address something that Tim said here about how a present president declassifies a document. Now, you and I, we have discussed this before, the legal implications. And correct me if I'm wrong, but your analysis is that the issues with both Donald Trump and Joe Biden are essentially nothing burgers, um, but even more of a nothing burger for Trump. Could you explain your rationale on that? Sure. The simple reason is that the president has uh, undeniable power to an unfettered power to declassify any document at any time while he served as president of the United States. And it's debatable about what uh, distance the vice president can go with his declassification. There are certain documents which we know uh, the vice president can declassify for sure. For instance, documents that he has classified. But for other documents throughout the executive, it's a debatable point. Um, and it doesn't really need to be debated out because we don't really have a situation whereby vice presidents are declassifying things that their presidents don't want and then and they have no recourse on you know how to act or something to do about it this is not a problem we have faced and we're not facing that problem now um but on who's who stands on firmer legal ground it's certainly the person who was president of the united states at the time they moved or access documents rather than a person who was vice president of the united states at the time they they moved or access these documents yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people are missing. They're saying, well, he's president now, so surely that's fine, right? But but that doesn't seem to me to be the case. There were there were many years in which he was out of office where he was neither president nor vice president. Uh, and I believe yeah. that the real issue rests on he was in possession of classified documents whilst not being either of those people. But um, it, it does seem, and we have talked about this off camera, that Biden is in trouble now purely because the Biden Department of Justice decided to get political on Donald Trump. Jeff, your thoughts on that? Yeah, this is what I've been saying the whole time. I mean, Democrats and the activist media have to be behind the scenes really, I'll just use the word angry, at President Joe Biden right now because he blew up their whole strategy. I mean, once they they served that search warrant at Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago last year, I mean, I was thinking, yeah, they're, they're going to be using this. They're going to be they're hoping to politically damage Trump. I expected indictments. I didn't expect him to get convicted, but I expected indictments all to politically damage him and prevent him from running for office again. But now that it turns out that Biden did the same thing, um, even worse as Tim said, having you know multiple documents documents in multiple places, uh, 
that kind of blows that whole thing up. It doesn't mean that they still won't try, but I think a lot of the um, the air has been taken out of their sails because if they're going to defend Biden doing what he did, they can't really aggressively or attack Trump as aggressively um, as they want to. They're still going to try. The, the media is already trying to make it sound like Trump is just so much worse than Biden. But I don't I don't think that's going to wash. I don't think that's going to play well. All right. Can we do a quick round robin here and uh, figure out just very quick answers? What do we think the end result of the Biden classified documents debacle is going to be? Let's start with Tim. Well, I think that most likely Merrick Garland, the attorney general, will string this out as long as possible with as little information as possible leaked. You know, these special counsels go on for years. Mm. So I suspect it might really carry past the 2024 election, because if if he comes out with findings before the election, it would not be good news for Biden or whoever the Democratic candidate is. Tim, people could have said that right before the uh, the midterm elections on November 2nd, when the documents were first discovered yep. at the Penn Biden yep. Center. Exactly. Uh, Jeff, your, your final thoughts on this. Uh, within a couple of days, we will have forgotten about this because the media will stop covering it until if and when the DOJ decides to go after Trump or indict Trump. Then it's going to come up again from conservative media. But as far as the activist media defending Biden, they're going to try to memory hole this one. OK, memory. It's the memory hole route from Jeff and Scott. What's your take? My take is that this was maybe done in order to help sink a, a Joe Biden candidacy for the second go around by uh, people on the, uh, the left side of the aisle that aren't sympathetic to that candidacy. Ah, here we go. <laughs> conspiracy <laughs> theory. That's the way I can uh, can state. Yeah, there's a potential conspiracy there for it. I mean, if you look at the actual crime, quote unquote crime, it is a nothing thing. So for his own side to make a big deal about it, all they had to do was pack up those documents and send them back to the White House. He could have put them back in the drawer. Nobody would have been the wiser. But then, you you know, somebody called in the FBI and, and created a thing about it. Well, yeah, I mean, it does make you wonder that CBS was the uh, organiza- news organization that broke this. And then uh, they decided to sit on it until after the midterms, which means uh, if your theory is correct, Scott, and I'm not saying it is, but if it were, then they are fully com- CBS is fully committed to helping Democrats, but not necessarily the president representing the party at the moment. Now, you're listening to Liberty Nation Radio here on the Radio American Network. We'll be back with our exclusive panel after this short break discussing the two-tiered justice system. Don't go anywhere. For your freedom and your liberty, Liberty Nation with Mark Angelides. And we're back with our special Liberty Nation radio exclusive panel of Tim Donner, Scott Casenza, and Jeff Charles. Earlier on, we talked about the full frontal effort to shield President Biden from damaging allegations. But what of the notion that justice is blind? We hear from Republicans that the DOJ is taking it easy on Joe Biden when they went hell for leather against President Donald Trump. Now, how true are these allegations? And if they are, what does it signify? Now, Scott, uh, as our legal resident mind or resident legal mind, whichever you prefer, or mind resident legal, entirely up to you. I'd like you to take this one for us. Are, are we witnessing an unequal application of, if not the law, then at least the processes associated with the law? 
Mark, I can't get past your description of uh, full frontal and knowing uh, President Biden's penchant for exposing himself to female members of the Secret Service detail. Well documented. In a, yep. in a rut there. I'm trying to all my, my might to get the wheels out of the ditch here. Uh, would you repeat the question one more time? Too much information, Scott. TMI. So, Scott, are we witnessing an equal application of the law or the processes oh. of the law? So, um the funny thing is that once the equal application of the law is demanded, typically uh, that will be the end of the application of the law at all, which is what I expect we will have here. In other words, when Trump is the alleged violator of the law, he gets to have his, the full measure of justice, good and hard. And then when uh, somebody on the progressive side, uh, you know, it can be subject to the same justice. Well, then all of a sudden, you know, it's just about getting the documents back in in safe hands. And we never really were serious about, you know, mishandling crimes uh, whatsoever is what I suggest we'll have. And it is an, an unequal application, I think, because if it was just Trump, then I think they'd go, you know, as hard as they could. Now that they've got the uh, the gander to contend with, uh, it's, it's not going to be uh, the same deal. So that I take it that's a no. I mean, my my legal terminology is not that clear, but I, I take that no. one for a no there, Scott. Now, yeah. Jeff. Yeah, that's how you know Scott's a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. On uh, the one yeah. hand, but on the other hand. Yeah, they, they, those $100 words, and I'm not sure how much you billed me for the time. Scott, thank you for your answer. It was a very good answer. But, Jeff, how badly do you think this is damaging to institutional representation? I mean – it looks if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck to many Americans, it's a duck. Right. Uh, and there may or may not be a two tiered system, but it really looks like there is. Uh, and I think that's that's an important point. How does America deal with the, the what appears to be a two tier justice system? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I don't think this is going to change anytime soon. I mean, even if you go outside of this example, when you look at the conduct of the FBI and how it treated Trump and how it was always after Trump, even since 2016, you know, the Department of Justice has been corrupted and it's been corrupt for a long time. And it doesn't seem that any president from either party really wants to do something about this. I mean, the FBI has huge issues with corruption um, and, it, and it's attacked both sides or since its inception. The Department of Justice, same thing. There is a two-tier justice system in this country. I mean, even if you get more macro with it, I mean, there's, you know, Hunter Biden can go on TV, talk about smoking crack and know, knowing that nothing's going to happen to him. But if I, if any of us did that, not that we smoke crack here at Liberty Nation, but if any of us did that, we, we would be in, in huge trouble. So it's, it's an ongoing problem. Everybody complains about it, but we never get people in office who want to do something about it. Okay, Tim, it seems to me that, the founding principles of America are based on the ideas of liberty and justice or the two. Let, let's let's go back a, a couple of thousand years. The Roman goddesses, uh, Libera and Justitia, uh, I believe. Um, what's your take on this? Have we moved so far from those old Roman ideals that so well encapsulated the idea of the American dream? Well, I think what this what these last years with Trump uh, and after Trump, although there hasn't been an after because they're still after him. Right. So it's still uh, something of a Trump era in that sense. The thing we saw really introduced over these years is the criminalization of political differences. Hmm. And so, for example, Exhibit A, 
the Russia collusion hoax. That was done uh, because it was criminal in their view for Trump to be aligned in any way or supported in any way or propped up in any way by Vladimir Putin. But what if that person uh, was a left winger who was running Russia? Would there have been a problem if they'd been supporting Hillary Clinton? Would we ever have would we ever have even known about it? So there is a two tier justice system. I think it's just a matter of what the two tiers are, because remember, the Department of Justice oversees the entire federal criminal code. So they have to be selective in what they decide to to pursue and prosecute. They can't prosecute all crimes, even all big crimes. So they have to be selective. And it's how they select what they select that reveals what their true sort of ideological underpinning is. Or you might put it the swamp establishment defensive mechanism that doesn't allow anybody from outside their circle to come in and shake things up as Trump did. You know, that's a great point about, you know, the election of what crimes there are to prosecute. You think that you know, the, if the U.S. attorney in Cleveland goes to uh, his bosses in Washington and says, I think I can make a giant union corruption case, you know, a couple months out before the election, you think he's going to get an enthusiastic right. like, yeah, let's go right. ahead with that? Absolutely exactly. not. Well, well um, and, in, and another example is even the, the abortion issue. You guys might remember late last year, FBI agents showed up at the homes of 11 different people for engaging in a pro-life protest in front of, uh, of an abortion provider in May of 2021, hauled them off and threw, threw them in cages. And we, and as of today, we still don't see have anybody arrested for all the fire bombings and vandalisms that have been carried out against pro-life organizations after the Supreme Court decision on Dobbs. So that, that's yet another prime example of how the, the the DOJ, FBI politically selects, you know, the cases they want, want to take. It's really hard to argue that this institution has not been corrupted and politicized at this point. But for, for most people, it's an optics issue. Surely, well, I think that, one you know, one of the blind. Well, one of the big problems is that the attorney general who oversees the entire Justice Department, including the FBI, is supposed to be, quote, independent from the president who appoints him or her. But of course, that's not the way it works in real life. The fact is, the attorney general is, in essence, a political appointee. So underlying um Permanent bureaucracy, so to speak, is always in a protective mode and has always been left of center in its predilection to protect the existing order. And they can't have anybody threatening that mark. Perhaps it's time for an elected attorney general. Right, gentlemen, thank you very much. Coming up after this short break, we tackle the activist media's devotion to the commander in chief and whether Biden himself remains a viable 2024 option. Don't go anywhere. Yeah, I thought it was free. Freedom of speech. 
Freedom of religion, freedom of enterprise, and freedom is special and rare. This is Liberty Nation with Mark Angelides, a production of LibertyNation.com. Going after what the politicians really mean and making it all clear for your freedom and your liberty. Liberty Nation with Mark Angelides. President Joe Biden can apparently do no wrong in the eyes of the fourth estate activist media. No matter how many troves of documents get found, he will always be free from guilt, according to the supposed independent journalist industry. But by this point, is anyone really buying what they're selling? We're back here with Liberty Nation Radio with our exclusive panel of senior political analyst, Mr. Tim Donner, uh, host of Write On and author, Jeff Charles, and legal affairs editor and uprising podcast superstar, Mr. Scott DeCasenza, Esquire. Now, Jeff, the media really is your beat. So what's happening? It seems that every time I think the, the media in general can't get any more biased or more sycophantic for the Democrats, they just go one step further. And uh, is there a point where even these diehard supporters within the industry say enough is enough? No, not, not really. I mean, I think in the case of President Biden, I mean, the only way they would go against him is if uh, Scott's theory is right and they want to have somebody else run in 2024 and they see this as a way to discredit him enough to where he has to step down. Because remember, their allegiance isn't necessarily to the president. Their allegiance is to the Democratic Party. So whatever benefits that party, that's what they're going to do. So I could see a case, I mean, especially if some of them do start going a little bit harder on Biden, because I've seen some here and there that maybe perhaps that they want somebody other than him to run, which, by the way, that would be in line with what most Democratic voters want. They don't want him to run for a second term. So, I mean, I think that that theory may have more validity to it than it might seem. Okay, there's a, there is one uh, addendum to that, if I may. I think, as you, you rightly point out, all the polling suggests that most Democrat voters do not want Joe Biden to run. But I think if they were polled, do you want Joe Biden to run or do you want a Republican to win? They would still, well, sure, en masse, go for, for Joe Biden. Now, yeah. Tim, I, I wonder if the positive spin by the media is as open and blatant as it is, because the purveyors, they know that their audience almost lives in an echo chamber. Um, or is it something more, do you think, with the uh, the imposition of fear and threat? Um, so, like, if, if you step outside of the postage stamp consensus, people know they'll be vilified or shouted down. Where do you think that is? Well, I think there's a real school of thought among leftists that they'd really like to see Gavin Newsom run as soon as possible because he seems to be the most attractive, articulate, um, clean and articulate, I think might be the way to say it. <laughs> Maybe even a credit to his race. You know, it's uh, racist to say that about Gavin a Californian. Yes. You know that, right? He's one of the good ones. <laughs> yes, he's right. But I mean, let's let's quantify what you guys were just discussing. 57% of Democrats don't want Biden running again. 70% of the country writ large doesn't want him running again. So it's a question of whether this uh, document scandal, I mean, Scott introduced earlier in the show that the concept that really someone on the left uh, outed Joe Biden because they don't want him to run again. And this was the only way to get him out because the media wasn't going to attack him on their own. So this was the only way to do it. But 
Look, I think that um, Biden is a guy who probably was 50-50 on whether he'd run again. Uh, Then, when the midterms came and his approval numbers recovered from the 30s up to the low to mid-40s, I think he felt the wind was at his back. He felt that he had gotten a mandate from the voters to continue doing what he's been doing. And he felt all kind of, uh, you know, pumped up about running again, like from I think I'm going to run again. I haven't decided to almost like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to run again. But this takes him down a notch again. Now, I don't personally, you know, necessarily think the fact that he was storing documents classified documents in a secret location even figures in the top 20 things that he's done wrong as president but apparently even democrats admit this is a huge problem for him so it brings him back down to earth especially when uh, you've got the you know you've got a likely recession coming through all these multiple interest rate hikes. People are going to lose jobs. The unemployment rate's going to go up. The economy is going to slip into some form of recession. So I think this is a precursor for Biden of a descent, possibly to the point where he decides, makes up an excuse not to run again. But just to come back, you mentioned the numbers there about the amount of people who don't want uh, Joe Biden to run his approval ratings. And I actually, I was doing some research for an article for LibertyNation.com and I came across some some great figures really delving into the, the the approval ratings of former presidents. So, for example, the final ratings for presidents Ford, Carter, and Bush Sr., who all have, let's call it one thing in common. Uh, so you have one Ford. Term, yes, one, yeah, one term. One thing in common. In common one yes. term. So you had Ford, uh, on 45%. Carter was on 37 uh, And Bush Sr., he was on 34 And, of course, they all got wiped out. But... Well, wait a go- minute. What about Bush Jr.? I think he was in the 30s, too, he, when he, he left he, he was He was low. He was. Um, but the one that really stands out to me is Harry Truman, who was... Uh, they called him a dead president walking when he was on 40%. And then he went on that... Uh, that legendary whistle stop tour. I think it was 240 stops around the country. Yes. Uh, and that was, uh, I mean, he, he won, right? He won. He came back from that. And that was quite, that, that was Increased quite the exposure turnaround. to the American public is not going to help the Biden campaign. Well, th- that's the thing, right? That's what kind of brings well, that They want the opposite of it. And I think what they're going to do, and they're s- sending out sort of signals that if Biden does run, they will have him sort of sit on the White House porch as the statesman. And they will let all the attack dogs go out there and make the case for him across the country because Less is definitely more when it comes to exposure to Joe Biden. They'll want to make Biden just a commodity, someone who's not DeSantis, not Trump, not Glenn Youngkin, for example, uh, rather than the actual person. And since they've succeeded with that in spades in 2020, why not try it again? 
they, they've already set up the infrastructure for that. I mean, when, when it became clear that Republicans were going to launch all of these investigations and that they would most likely take back the House before the midterms, the White House and the and the Democrats have are, have already assembled a team exactly for that purpose, mainly to fend off the, uh, the, the, the impact of these investigations. But I mean, why not also have it also be the attack dogs while Biden sits on his porch or in his basement or, where, or wherever he goes? to contemplate life i don't know <laughs> and read classified documents previously removed from the uh yes <laughs> with with the media scott do you think that uh, what we're going to see because because i'm seeing this right now and i wonder if you think it'll continue that uh for some reason all the big headlines are about donald trump when this isn't his scandal do you think that will continue <laughs> well, if the past is our guide, Mark, yeah, the, Donald Trump gets the clicks. And so uh, they're going to, you know, go back to that well until they mine it dry. So there's still some there's still something there there. But, but he's not just... getting nearly as many clicks as he once did. I mean, the danger for Trump now is being, being ignored. Who gets yeah. more? You know, and, and he's still, he's getting more. That's why, you know. That's why they're putting his name there. If, if it were Biden that would get the clicks. Well, let, let's be brutally honest Brute here. Bad. Joe Biden is dull. He, you know, he's been dull for 50 years. I mean, the, the, the only time Joe Biden is not dull is when some criminal scandal comes to light. Uh, you know, whether that's plagiarism, uh, all these massive lies that he tells, or the wondrous gaffes. That, that he keeps doing. That's the only time he's of any interest, whereas Donald Trump is he's pretty much interesting all the time, isn't yes, he? Yes, that's true. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, the in the Chinese sense yes. of interesting. So you have to consider the audience for these headlines. It's, you know, people who are watching The View or Rachel Maddow. They don't want to read a critical article about Joe Biden. They want to read about how Donald Trump is continuing to be orange and a man and bad, and that's what they're getting. And uh, yeah, listen to whatever Joy Behar says in analysis. It's all bread and circus from the media. Now, coming up later in the show, we ask the all important question. Has the document scandal damaged Joe Biden so much that he can no longer run in 2024? Don't go anywhere. For your freedom and your liberty. Liberty Nation with Mark Angelides. Despite the slings and arrows of his own creation, Joe Biden still looks set to run for a second term in 2024. And no one else is as yet rising to take the nomination. But can he really still claim the mantle as the, and I use air quotes here, best person to lead the party to victory? Tim, I, I see scandal after scandal, crisis after crisis, and yet still his party, at least on the surface, supports him. What will it take for a Joe Biden downfall? What's your analysis? Well, look, uh, Joe Biden can make a very strong case uh, that he beat Trump once and there's no reason he couldn't beat him again or whoever his successor was. Now, if Trump isn't the candidate, which appears increasingly a shaky proposition for the Republicans, then it's kind of all bets are off. Would, would you want Biden up against Trump? Because as we pointed out earlier, Joe Biden is dull. But that's kind of what got him elected in 2020. Because if you wanted to sort of characterize the last six years 
um, of public perception of presidents. Trump too strong, Biden too weak. Right. So but that, you know, Biden has said consistently, including before 2020 and after, of course, that he asked the rhetorical question, who else is going to beat Donald Trump? Well, he still believes he's the only one who can beat Trump. But now that Trump isn't certainly the candidate and Trump sort of creates his own crises, would Biden be a good candidate against a polished, young, professional politician like Ron DeSantis? I mean, that's an entirely different proposition than running against Trump. So I think the Democrats feel they're largely stuck with him if he wants to run because they don't really have the stomach to tell a sitting president who took down the evil orange man that he can't run again. But they might try to convince him or... According to Scott's conspiracy theory, they've already done their dirty work by planting or revealing classified documents for their own president so they can force him out and get Gavin Newsom in to run in 2024. To be fair to Scott's theory here, he, he didn't suggest that they planted the documents, merely that somebody actually told the media that they well, had he, found documents. Right, right. On- Guess what? Yeah. Also, I'm not convinced that the people who really run things have settled on uh, Newsom either. So that wasn't an intrinsic part of my my theory. I'm open to the possibility that they are, but but I haven't articulated that. Well, I do that by process of elimination because who else is there? And don't there is me, nobody. Else. Don't don't give me Kamala Harris because she would lose. She would lose to a a lamppost. So. That's because well, she is a lamppost. But doesn't that show uh, a distinct... Isn't it dangerous not to run Kamala Harris for the Democrats that for the last two years, two and a half years, really, have been saying that, you know, this a transition presidency and Kamala Harris is the right person to become the first change of immutable Pete characteristics? Pete Buttigieg has got to be out of it now because of this uh, these multiple crises, I think. She's been relatively quiet the past few months. She might be, you know, she might be the one they've picked. Well, See, if I, you I, wanna... I, I, I think they're going to cut their losses with Kamala. I think, I, <laughs> think, think? I think they expected a lot from her that she had did not have the ability to deliver on. And right. I think they realized this would be a horrible idea. And I think it with Biden. I mean, you know, Biden may be the only one who could be Trump, but I, I would actually reverse that. Trump is the only candidate that Biden could possibly beat. Like Tim said, if, if Republicans run somebody younger, like a DeSantis or somebody else, Biden doesn't stand a chance. So I still contend that he's not going to run for a second term. And it ain't going to be Kamala Harris. Gavin Newsom is the only one that we have left unless we get up like an Obama type figure who comes out of nowhere and like shocks the nation and wins everybody over. That that that, 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 that those are their only two chances. If, if well, I may only- para- Sorry, if I may paraphrase uh, Animal House to uh, give it this wonderful description of Kamala Harris, um, a bumbling drunk wine aunt is no way to go through life miss harris wine aunt. That, that's very good well they have to find a way though look they have to find a graceful exit with kamala harris because remember why she was selected it wasn't because she's 
well, let's not go into all the things that she's not. Let's just say that the only the only thing that she represented was a right demographic profile, a black woman. So if they're going to toss her off the ticket, there's only two ways to do it. Either Biden dumps her and gets someone else or somebody else runs and just quietly lets Kamala Harris sort of go out to pasture. But it's if Kamala Harris runs, it's a certain defeat for the Democratic Party. I mean, I don't care who runs against her. So, you know, would Biden, I think it's a, a good question. If Biden does run again, would he dump Kamala and pick somebody else who might be more appealing now that she's proven completely not up to the job? Do you, do you mean some somebody can't double more them. black double. and more woman? You can't double woman of color unless you replace them with a woman of color or perhaps a trans woman of color. You got well, to have right. the woke scale with your replacement. Well, there is Kareem Jean-Pierre who does add the added element of, of being uh, a lesbian and being uh, a foreigner who moved here. So she's got four things going for her. maybe Kareem Jean-Pierre. Or maybe I mean, it, in, t- in terms of uh, getting coherent answers, I mean, I think the only person worse at giving a, a straight answer than Kamala Harris or an understandable answer than Kamala Harris is Karine Jean-Pierre. Jeff, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You managed to pick the one who, the, the one black woman who was worse than Kamala Harris. That's a hard that. thing to do. <laughs> yeah. At least Jean-Pierre is a black lady. Kamala Harris does not walk, did not that's walk true. around the country as a black woman. She's not a black woman. I don't care what the media says. She's, Indianish, she's got that pan-racial Benetton color thing happening. Right when it benefits her, she identifies. Uh, as well, look, wait a minute, all of you black, and she all, celebrates Kwanzaa. <laughs> all of you are missing the obvious choice. It's Stacey Abrams. Yeah. She's available oh. now. Oh, she, uh, since she, she since has she always lost. been available, Tim, uh, <laughs> because she continuously <laughs> loses every election. <laughs> Let's see. Do you think Beto O'Rourke will challenge uh, President Biden? Uh, no, I, th- I think Tim probably has the right of this, that the, the only person who could really claim the mantle would be Gavin Newsom. I mean, he has, at least as far as Californians are concerned, except for the ones, of course, that have run away by the hundreds of thousands, uh, a good policy background. And as you point out, he's he's good looking, he's articulate, and he has a very, very good media presence. But and he's got Hollywood looks, let's face he does. it. He does. But you know the saying, don't you guys? I mean, I, I'm from England and I know this. Don't California my insert your state here. There's 49 other states there, uh, 50 if they get their way over in D.C. Um, but surely that would be the rallying cry, wouldn't it, for every other of the states around the country? Well, it probably would. But at the same time, uh, you have to say that he can claim to run basically the the world's seventh biggest economy, right, in California by itself. So he can say he has the governing, governance, the governing experience. And historically, 
Americans tend to prefer governors over senators, although that for president, although that has not been the case lately, of course, with Obama and Biden. They have been exceptions to the rule. Listeners, let us know what you think. Thanks for listening. Gentlemen, thanks for being here. And that's about all we have time for on this week's edition of Liberty Nation Radio here on the Radio America Network. I'd like to say a special thank you to our panel guests, Tim Donner, Scott Casenza, and Jeff Charles. And last, but by no means least, I'd like to thank you, the listeners, for being here in Radioland and for taking the time to join us. I guess my parting shot for this week concerns bias. A notable man of letters, Samuel Johnson, noted that bias and impartiality is in the eye of the beholder. And it's hard to disagree. The left call out right-wing bias and the right call out left-wing bias. And they do seem to both be correct in some ways. The bias exists. It is fairly undeniable. But let us leave with the words of John F. Kennedy as he launched his presidential bid when he said, let us not seek the Republican answer or the Democrat answer, but the right answer. Let us not seek to fix blame for the past. Let us accept our own responsibility for the future. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.